Hello, my petals, and welcome back to another episode of The Rose Garden. I am your host, Tabla Rosa, a.k.a. La Rosa Negra, or Black Rose, if you're nasty. And today with me, I have Kat once again. Welcome back. She was on episode one of Black History Month. Hey, hey, hey. And I have a special guest with me. I have the honor of having my mentor, my beloved motherly figure while I'm in college. Who I quite literally am afraid if I mess up the semester, she just might drop by my house and kick my ass. Dr. Good. Johnson. I'm glad you know it, my dear. <laughs> You're not supposed to confess on tape. I say, I say. <laughs> Always real. <laughs> yes, this sometimes I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. In today's episode, we just got done talking about the men, but I wanted to do this in a time fashion rather than a linear fashion because we always end up finding ourselves in these spaces where, or not even in these spaces, but just in this long-standing adage that behind every strong black man is a strong black woman. I wanted to do this where we finally, in a temporal space anyways, put women first. So, Today's episode is going to be all about black femininity and sexuality. Now, I should be candid just as I was in the previous episode. I am non-binary. So in this conversation, I am listening and drawing from both sides. And my take on this is sort of navigating both spaces and figuring out what I can take from both spaces and what I stand to learn from each space. Mm-hmm. Kat, how do you identify? Are you... Womanly, do you identify more queer? How do you find yourself? Hey, everybody. Uh, first and foremost, I am always, always blackity black, black, black. Mm-hmm. Not African American, but black with a capital B. On top of that, I am queer. Mm-hmm. I am femme. Mm-hmm. I am starting to embrace the power of my womb, the purpose of my womb, and the blessings of my womb. And I love every aspect of my femininity. I'm also starting to read some books of the Arisa faith to truly understand how uncomplicated sexuality was in the Yoruba religion and culture. And how European logic and the ideology just complicated things and just made us start thinking a little differently about who we are and who we like and what we want to be and who we want to fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. speak on it. it it's, I hate to do this, but I sort of have to because I reference you, but it's weird having you here versus referencing you. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. J. Talk about this in class. The fact that indigenous cultures had no bounds to binary. And this was something that was enforced on us with Christianity and European colonization. Right. Uh, plenty of indigenous. Indigenous all over, right, the world. Um, indigenous in Africa, indigenous in, you know, several different spaces. Um, so that's very true, in addition to the fact that the Romans were, 
you know, much more. They were um, more than just polytheistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so yeah, this is real. This is real. Um, the idea of late European, let's say, you know, 17th century European, uh, using Christianity as a mechanism for control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which brings us to modern day. I am curious to know, because we all identify as black here, I do have to pose the troubling question that I don't even have an answer to. Do you to identify as black feminists or womanists? Mm. Hmm. Um, I, I know that this is bad in many circles, but I sort of lean toward both. No, I understand that. I drop, like, it's one of those things where I see the benefits of both sides, but both sides also have incredible faults. Right. Um, And so then there are people who don't completely identify with any one particular ideology. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more I learn, the more I lean in that way. you know, even now I call myself a Christian, but I have so many different problems with Christianity. That's, um, that's my thing. And I'm going to have to talk about spirituality at some point. Um, I, I think I talked about this on the first episode very briefly, too. I see myself with a relationship with God. Christianity, I don't know if I want to really stamp that tag on me because there's a whole lot of... Mm-hmm. messed up muddy translations on what we're supposed to be doing written by old white men too many years ago well and then just understanding that um christianity itself originally you know that was pagan religions mm-hmm. or what we call pagan why we call it pagan i have no idea um <laughs> You know, just we were talking, I think you and I were talking earlier today just about the use of language mm-hmm. and the meaning of words mm-hmm. and how those those meanings got just yeah. twisted all around the more that they were used by people in power mm-hmm. um, to try to, right, foment the power that they already had. Um, right. So, you know, Christianity or organized religion, organized religion will always have some type of issue because it's organized religion that sets up hierarchies and bureaucracies and all of these different things that we have problems with, particularly since we are members of marginalized groups. But um, at the same time, we are social beings. Mm and we're constantly looking for ways to be social people to be social with um things or groups to belong to or to identify with so you know in in this day and age traveling through and between things um may be more of the norm than we actually realize or admit to mm-hmm. Finding ourselves within these groups, do you find, oh, I probably should go ahead and say this for the record. Dr. Johnson is also queer. So we're all, we're all queer. We're all femme. We're all black within these three. I want to know, because it's obviously a bit different for me, but 
Do you find it to be difficult to be all three of these things? Mm-hmm. For black and film? Yeah. No. Oh. I thought it would be. I thought it would be really hard. Hmm. Here's the thing for me though. Recognize that I have other privileges. Right. Aha. Uh-huh. That allow me to be who I am without question. Absolutely. Right. Um, if I were still um, in my 20s and still a never married single mother with, you know, a kid on my hip, right? And still on food stamps, um, a lot of the ways that I, I wouldn't be able to present myself the way I can present myself now as a 55 year old with a PhD making a considerable amount of money and making the money and and the way that I make my money is to be outspoken. Mm -hmm. The way that I make my money is to be right, quite intellectual and speak my mind. So those are privileges um, that allow me to be whatever I want to be. It makes it easier for you to kiss my ass if you don't like it. (laughs) I can definitely speak to that, Dr. J, because I am still working towards building some of those privileges for me as far as, you know, um, education goes, because I know that with my big move coming up to North Dakota, which um, has a slightly higher percentage of blacks than Chico, um, but only by two points, not by much. With that being said, I packed up my belongings today and I purposely left behind anything that would define me as queer or black revolutionary. So my shirts of Black Panthers, my shirts of Black Lives Matter, I left them behind so I wouldn't even be tempted yeah. To wear them. But what I'm taking with me, though, are my Ankaras, mm-hmm. my my Nigerian prints, mm-hmm. because it's more accepting mm-hmm. than that radicalness in their face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are the decisions we end up having to make, right? Yeah. And then uh, 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 what we're going to display in public versus mm-hmm. what we're going to display in our home. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And learning how to navigate. Mm-hmm. And we do we do this on an intimate level too with our friends, with even who we decide to try and seek out as suitors. Mm-hmm. It makes, it's uh, that's where I was saying it finds that difficulty, like both in existence, it works for you, Dr. J, because you being all of the different um, parts of yourself all together helps fuel your like research and spoken personality and whatnot. But for me, it's not that it isn't easy for me to be all of myself. It just feels like an act of defiance constantly. In one sp- it's like or- an act of defiance for me, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm you not- just do it well. You do it so well, Dr. J. Well, here's the thing. Don't think I'm not scared right. all the time. Okay. Right. I- I'm scared all the time. We just got through talking about, you know, my tenure process. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I am an assistant professor. I'm not an associate professor or a full professor. I do not have tenure. So even as a professor, as someone with a PhD, I still have to be careful, right? I, I can act like I'm, you know, Miss Thing walking in certain spaces and say all I gotta say, but have you seen me in an academic senate meeting? No, right? So there are still um, ways that I have to be careful and that I am mentored to be careful. Like not yet, Lisa, don't, don't do that right now. Okay, and I have to pick and choose. Um, who you gonna be? Not I think who I'm gonna be, but where I'm gonna go. Okay, that makes sense. I think that speaks a lot to black femininity because we look to you as a role model because of who you have to be, who you are in this world. But that doesn't mean that you aren't still facing those fears, those struggles, those risks. But it's a blessing for us as young folk to be able to look up to our elders and get that strength from all of you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That and we know y'all did it, we can do it. Else. What you yeah. say? We're looking up to somebody else. Right. I'm looking up to dead people. Right. right? <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, I, I, I get on people's nerves telling them not to quote Audrey, Audrey Lord because She's overquoted and tokenized at right. this point. But Especially there is a reason. Audrey Lord and Bell Hooks. Yeah. Uh, you know, e even, you know, Angela Davis, right? Right. We, right. We, right. We feed off of the words that are coming out of Angela Davis's mouth. Mm -hmm. um, but it is also the point that we need the Angela Davises of the world. I mean, because they killed everybody else. Have y'all seen Judas in the Black Messiah? I've not Ooh. yet. Oh, Lord. Um, it's, I I'm, see when they did the jobs. Right. <laughs> Joe. Right. You know, um, it, it's still a I'm going to just say spoilers abound, listeners. If you are not prepared for this, I'm going to just ask you to sort of jump forward. I'll provide a timestamp in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with spoilers, but I just, for anyone who's not, I'll provide a timestamp for y'all to jump to. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we all need role models. Um, but that's also why I try to be as honest about who I am as possible. You know, I'm also awkward as I don't know what. Um, you know, I am always afraid. Um, you know, I'm sure you're gonna get into the sexuality thing. I, I, I cringe sometimes, you know, talking about this because I have been socialized in the church and I'm still, you know, a little church girl. Um, and so, you know, finding spaces to be comfortable so that I can eventually, um, you know, explore and reveal and all of this other stuff. I was in the closet for 30 years. You know, you you're talking about like fear, real fear and having to overcome that and having to find those role models and trying to look towards somebody. Mm -hmm. And so I love, I do love Audre Lorde and I did at one point love Alice Walker and I, you know, I needed the color purple and I need, right, you know, needed those spaces, but also needed more mm -hmm. 
and needed different from them because I recognized that they were being tokenized. Those can't be the only people we know. Absolutely. Especially because they did something in a way that catered to your standards or your needs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I knew about Marcus Garvey growing up. Mm-hmm. I knew about Asada Shakur. Right. I didn't learn about Audre Lorde until I came to Chico State. Yep. I didn't learn about her until I went to graduate school. So for me, that makes me feel a certain way mm-hmm. about their agenda. Mm-hmm. That makes you mad. Mm-hmm. It, it is almost as if they feel, uh, the infamous they, um, the powers that be, feel as if they're not going to give us certain information unless they know we're not going to revolt on them with it. Right. Right. You can't get this information until you get to graduate school. Mm-hmm. Because by that time, we will know that you have invested so much into your education that you won't want to throw that away and you won't start burning our houses down. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Right. Yep. And that's not to say that the people at the HBCUs and other people don't get access. They get much more access to that information than we do who were, you know, educated in white schools and, mm-hmm. you know, different uh, mm-hmm. uh, environments. Um, but yeah, I went to a Southern Baptist college. That's where I actually graduated. And before that, 20 years before that, I went to the University of Georgia. They got antebellum stuff down there. They were still having antebellum parades at the University of Georgia when I Oof. went there. <laughs> was I gonna learn about Audre Lorde in 1986 at the, in Athens, Georgia with rebel flags flying all over the place? Nope. You know, it was just enough to get an, an African-American um, um, politics class, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that was taught by Michael Lomax, who had to drive to Athens from Atlanta because they didn't have anybody black at the University of Georgia at the time who could teach it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, these are the issues that we have all the time. Um, and yeah. what we're teaching, because a lot of our African tradition, religion, was oral by way of oral tradition. So. Right. How much of it is being given or passed down without that European influence? Absolutely. My aunt, Omatade, who was an Arisa, who I did not know at the time she was living, but I'm very well aware of it now that she has passed on and become my agoon in the Yoruba. It means ancestor. But Dr. J... When I went, I've been at her home for the past two months now, almost every weekend. When we were there last Saturday, she had two statues on her dresser. Do you know one of them was this nice white ivory colored picture of our normal African woman with her bosoms down to her stomach, her voluptuous, you know, behind, right? Her lips full, her nose so broad. The statue next to her was of a brown man as it appeared at first glance. Mm. I picked up and brought those statues home with me Saturday. Mm -hmm. Today is only Monday. Do you know what I discovered about that brown male? 
He is intersex with two heads, oh, wow. breast, and a penis protruding from his body. Wow. And they were sitting there, they were standing there together on her dresser. I wish she was alive to explain to me what this meant to her. Right. Why that was in her home. Yep. What she thought of as she gazed at it every Yes. Day. It took me it took me almost 24 hours, Dr. J, of staring at him to see who he really was because it wasn't evident because the Europeans have taught us to only see things a certain way. Difficulty of having to scratch and kick to keep our own ancestral knowledge alive. This is part of that difficulty because mm -hmm. it has to be passed down from generation to generation. But if we have generations that are being engaged out. in schooling that is only um, structured and standardized by a hegemonic order then how can we ensure that that information is passed down? Mm -hmm. That's why you get folks in my, that's why you got me with, you know, learning about Audre Lorde at the age of 45, mm -hmm. right, in graduate school. That's why you get the students in my class now who were like, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know, right? And we have, you know, Black people with varying degrees of knowledge about our own history. Yep. Um, it's by design. It, it is. is by design. You always teach us that. This ain't by happenstance. Mm, somebody somebody rigged that. Mm -hmm. They Jimmy rigged that. I wish I could say the other word, but I can't do that. <laughs> oh, well, you can. You can say nigger rig here. You can definitely say nigger rig. Okay. So February. It's February. It's Black History <laughs> Month. This is my show. Who gonna check me? Okay. Okay. Look, did we get our chicken? The chicken here? It's here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that is. Somebody was rigging that to make sure. Because, you know, psychological control is, is, is the first order of business. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Right. So. Yep. Yep. Enslave their minds, enslave their souls. Yep. You break their spirit. Mm -hmm. yep. And then after a while, you won't have to watch them. Nope. Nope. You won't have to watch them. If, if, if black people continue to believe that black people are inferior, then white folks ain't got to do nothing. They just sit there and watch us tear each other apart. And not just us, but us fighting within ourselves, us fighting with other communities, yes. all of everybody yes. trying to get out this crab in a barrel situation. Mm -hmm. Divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yes. Divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's, it's an ingenious plan, and they keep figuring out ways to, <laughs> they keep figuring out new ways to do it. Yep. So we constantly have to be on our toes and aware, but that creates anxiety for us, doesn't it? We always have to be on our toes. We're in the middle of a divide and conquer on blackness currently because there are so many white women that are tanning themselves and texturizing their hair and bronzing if they don't want to go as far as with the tans and whatnot, getting body augmentations to look like us. And then 
actively pretending like they are on social media, getting with these black rappers and whatnot, and we're bringing out these issues, but it's still a divided situation because they're all like, as long as you're not, like, being offensive or you're appreciating the culture, then it's not appropriation. At what point? At what point do we get to appreciate, I mean, appropriation then? Because they're us at this point. There is no, this isn't mockery being the, or mimicry being the finest, um compliment anymore this is eradication because we're dying at alarming rates nah bitch you stole that i agree i want to bring up porn it might be a you know a risque topic but nonetheless you notice it in the porn industry you have women just like cammy said who want to enhance their breasts enhance their lips Broaden their nose, widen their hips, so they can sway to the rhythm of those African drums and entice their lovers and and give them the most highest in, uh, sexual experience they can encounter. But you see those videos of the Brazilians, of the Indians, of the Latinx women, 90, 80% and above. See the same video of a black woman. Score is in the low 80s. And it makes me feel like our skin color will never be good enough for them. It's not I'm even just about being good enough for them no more. I'm not even I, I, I ain't worried about being good enough for them no more. I ain't worried about what's between my legs ever being for a white person. I ain't worried about um, uh, my breasts ever being for a white person again. I, you know that the ship has sailed. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about being good enough for them. I, I think that at some point I have come, and maybe most recently come to recognize that. Hey, look, we were talking about retirement. We were talking about, you know, access to resources. Mm-hmm. I am content with the fact that I will never be a millionaire. Mm. Okay? Because the price for being a millionaire in a white man's world mm-hmm. is too high. Mm-hmm. And you, you mm-hmm. it's certain things you can't pay me money to do, say, or be. So if you gonna dangle a bunch of carrots called dollar bills in front of my face and act like I'm gonna do whatever it is you need me to do to convince other black people that they need to be inferior to you, then you can keep that billion dollars, that million dollars or whatever it is that you feel like you gonna pay me. To betray my own confidence in myself and my people's confidence in themselves. So keep your eighty percent rating. Well, and I guess that's my point. You got mm-hmm. these people out here pretending to be us, making this elaborate amount of money, and yet when we're doing it, we're significantly making less, mm-hmm. and yet they're profiting off of us. Appropriation in all aspects, not just our culture, our body, our way of sex, everything. And on top of that, like you mentioned porn, I wanted to highlight something that a lot of people don't even pay attention to. The fact that you've got all these people aspiring to be black women and yet still black women in 
any capacity can't get decent roles for the most part, but in porn especially, it's always these derogatory, ra- overly raunchy, um, dare I say, primal exoticizations of women. And like, yeah. it's always got to be, and on top of that, it's always got to be black women who, if they are attractive, it get, it's still a matter of quantity at that point because for some reason she finds herself in these scenes with group sex and not that it's a problem but for that to be her niche it becomes an issue when you see this constantly repeated over and over and then if it's not her being a niche with group sex then she's got to be some sort of like squirting trope or if she's not a squirting trope then she's got to be this i hate to say mammy but that's sort of what it is because the whole unicorn unicorns too but like milfing as well because that whole situation it, it's very weird for black women and I, like i don't i don't like it i don't I'm talking about stuff i don't my 55 year old self don't can't even keep up with you. <laughs> um we're over sexualized as a black woman yes huh? we're over sexualized as black women that's the point i was okay. making but not making the, the same amount of money for it as white women who are using our culture of sexualization or our style or our themes or or you can't even get the same level of respect if not even the same right. money because again okay. it's so let me say this mm-hmm. I, I i think i hear what you're saying but i think that there is to a certain extent there's nothing new under the sun mm-hmm. okay? you're right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's there's I think that we're still, mm-hmm. maybe, I, I don't know, I, I, I think that we might still be buying into the idea that black women's sexuality is so different from other people's mm-hmm. sexuality. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, they can do the same positions we can do. We didn't invent it. Um, right. We, we did not invent the penis. We did not invent the vagina. We did not invent you know speak dr j then why did we become so sexualized as being so different that is the point that is the point yep we became the tropes for the things that they did not want to recognize in themselves Uh uh-huh you know we yes we sexy yes we Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. but the it it doesn't matter like a thin white body should be as sexy as a thick black one. There you go. There you go. Okay. You and go. neither of them should be, mm-hmm. um, I guess, promoted as out of bounds or completely different or com- or superior or inferior to the other. Mm-hmm. And so if you took away that inferiority mm-hmm. idea and that superiority idea, then we could all just be who we are mm. and there would not have been so so much um i guess publicity around somebody like a hot and top venus yeah. there wouldn't have she wouldn't have ever been a circus act in the first place because everybody would have recognized that she was just a woman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we still have these ideas floating around that you know t and a are a black thing okay right. um you know, our bodies are our bodies, and the, our bodies are beautiful. And your little thin body with your no lips, that can be beautiful to somebody else. Um, you you know, if, if white women 
could be proud of what they already had. Then black women wouldn't have to penalize. What we got. Right. Right. If we could be proud of what we already had, we wouldn't have to be running around pressing our hair and you know trying. But those are different. But those are different though. Go ahead. I gotta say those are different though because speaking from both academic and realizing how the world works, it was illegal for a lot. It's still in some counties um, bannable and like you can be terminated from jobs, kicked out of school for wearing your natural hair in any context. So that's different. I want to say that's assimilation. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That, but that's what I'm saying. If we were allowed to be proud of who we were instead of constantly right. made to feel inferior Thank for who you. we were. Which is what I struggled with. Mm-hmm. Right. At a young age. I was just going to ask that too. Do you mm-hmm. feel like this existence has made it hard for you to find yourself as yes. a black woman yes. either in existence or even as a sexual being? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we was talking about in our last podcast is because of the the inferiority superiority complex that they placed on us it, it affects my fucking african-american identity it does it affects my self-worth it makes me feel like i have to always be perfect and if i'm not perfect then i'm not capable of showing up right can't get that job can't go that to the, i mean and that has the economic ramifications the way that the system is set up that we cannot even take care of ourselves yep Okay, we cannot pay our bills because our hair is natural. Mm -hmm. We can't pay our bills because we, you know, somebody said we needed to lose 20, 30 pounds. You know, we we can't pay our bills. We can't get called back for the interview because, you know, whatever else is going on. We have children in our household and, you know, the other partner is in jail somewhere. It's all a part of a system. It's all a part of a system. We can't get jobs if somebody find out that we are, you know, mas- too masculine. Let's talk about, mm-hmm. I'm serious, let's talk about studs. Mm-hmm. You know, how do mm-hmm. studs get jobs? Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that, if I'm honest. I what? And I guess that's, a privilege on my end to not even have to think yes. about that because I'm like I'm femme presenting and with me being femme presenting no one's ever questioning my queerness exactly mm-hmm. yep. exactly having boobs having okay. boobs is a privilege thank you and so for those of us who are attracted to studs then we end up having to deal with some of the same things that you know straight, straight women, women deal mm-hmm. with men yep right yep oh right. Because studs are hoes, too. How about that? Oh. Putting it out there. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to go that route, but you're not wrong. Okay. I ain't going to say nothing. The hoe lives in us all. They, they like a little bit of that, too. The hoe lives in us all. So this, I mean, it's all, an, it, it's all wrapped up in the same little mm-hmm. issue. Some people are just not even allowed to be themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of that is wrapped up in in a capitalist society mm. that puts a price on your identity. So <laughs> this is not directly related to femininity 
sexuality. But if capitalism is so harmful to those who do not have fair access mm -hmm. to resources and agency, then how do we maneuver? And I've never asked you that, Dr. J, the social Damn scientist me. in the house. She said, I don't know what we can't do it because you're never going to find complete unity ever. Because they separated <laughs> us. Look at how many black folk can't stand queer people. I know. Look at how many black churches trying to, you know, give us the side eye when we yep. walk in and try to worship anything. Yeah. Look how many black men. Churches do. here in Chico. Ooh. Let me just say right. that. Right. Well. Right. I can't speak to that. I don't go to church up here in Chico. I go to church online now because they upload the live videos. Mm -hmm. That's mm. somebody else. I was I was listening at a um, Christianity and queerness uh, talk before I logged on here, and they're like, "This is the best time in the world to be queer and Christian or anything else because you can literally log on anywhere in the United States and just church shop." until you find the space that is most comfortable for you and do that with therapy too shop yep. for your therapist too because yep. Yep. therapy is online there are so many things that are online or over zoom or over google works or whatever that is and you can locate the service that fits you uh, where before we were sort of bound by geography and location. So um, I hate to say that that's one of the good things that COVID has done for us, but uh, it, it might be. Um, so yeah, that's that's really interesting. No, I, I, I worry about our studs. Um, I do too, honestly. And then people still forget that at the end of them being studs, they're women still. So, like, yeah. there's, I feel like studs almost get this weird dehumanized experience because from my um, interactions with a lot of different studs I've had the pleasure of being friends with or even just meeting, mm -hmm. a lot of people tend not to think they have feelings and sort of treat them as though they're, like, just, this like they're always just this masculine husk but not treating them like an actual man i don't know if that made sense i don't know um like it feels like they're almost treated given the ken doll treatment not you're not exactly a man because you don't have the parts for it but you're not a girl clearly so then you, yeah you're just a weirdo you're a weirdo, or you're a there to fill a space. Entity, a non-being. Exactly. Yes. Um, that's really I, I can't I don't I don't even know anywhere near how to identify with that experience or to deal with that. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know and I don't know how they do it. You'd have you need to have now one of your programs that's just dedicated to studs. Mm -hmm. Um, because I would listen in on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would. Right, right, right. I would. 
Because their experiences are very, very different. Absolutely. I, I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, when I recently cut my hair, I was told that um, I look like a stud. Ha! Ha! Well, let yeah. me tell you something. Let me tell you something yeah. about this stud, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's also a major thing, too. The fact that, like... Black women aren't even allowed to play with androgyny at a yep. certain point. Just they have exactly. it's a femininity yep. or beastiality. There's yeah, not even binary is just yep. killing me. Mm-hmm. And if and because I cut my hair like this, that means I want to fuck everybody. Yeah, what what is it that a hairstyle is supposed to mean? What are you sending a message because you got a haircut? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same reason men can't wear earrings. Right. And get no kind of piercings. Yeah, all of that's just so But Cammy. Men can enjoy taking care of themselves. Right. Pampering. Right. Uh-huh. Not even pampering. I was going to say basic hygiene because I still see in 2021 and it bothers me to my core. The fact that a lot of people believe straight men are supposed to have skid marks. That what does that mean? You mean in like underwear? Yes, people still hold this weird notion that to be a man means you are not cleaning yourself properly. If you have skid marks? Yes. In your drawers? Yes. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It couldn't be me. Okay, so then what does that mean on on the female part? Because your yeah, ass is big. That's all. It's too much to wipe. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> for vaginal excretions, we had a. I said I wasn't gonna be nasty like this. <laughs> There's nothing nasty about sex and sexuality. Be- okay, yeah, yeah, I hear you. But <laughs> we got Doctor Briggs back in the side. Like yeah, it's science. <laughs> don't call your best friend, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that are you telling me then that there is still this idea? that what comes out of our bodies could ever be nasty. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Out uh, of the food we eat. Absolutely. I don't think people are disassociating the idea that this is nasty. I think people just, I don't, I don't know what people think. It's hard to even try and digest this, but. You can't wipe your ass all the way. You got a boudet, you got handy wipes. Like it's just too much. But hygiene is something that needs to be but done hi- individually hygiene? for every person. Not everybody's the same. Everybody's hygiene regimen is going to be different. But why is hygiene being gendered? Ah, I didn't think. Thank you. Why is hygiene being gendered? Is what I'm saying. You hear that, Doctor J? Okay. Okay. Hygiene is being gendered. Right. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I don't see how because women have excretions through the vagina. Discharge, panty liners. That's what I'm saying. So uh-huh. you're not going to allow, uh, you're going to say something about men having skid marks while you right. have cuddles in your panties? Thank oh, no, you. It's not just solely about the skid marks. I think that's where we got missed in the conversation. It's not just about the skid marks themselves. It's about the skid marks making the man himself a man and straight and like masculine for some reason. That's so if you ain't got shit in your drawers, you ain't a nigga? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> if you can see. 
even discussed on Dr. Chuck's <laughs> And we got chicken laying out too. <laughs> I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm so loud. So. No, you fine. I, I just can't. I, mm. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and start picking some petals. Let me go ahead and look at these questions. Yeah, yeah. Pick some petals, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Black femininity, y'all. Indeed. It's a very, very... Sexuality. Com- it's a mm. complex conversation. <sighs> Do you feel weird receiving compliments from men? Mm. It depends. I don't know. Um, no. I feel real re- receiving compliments from anybody. I don't know. I, I, I have to say yes, only because the compliments from men always seem to be repetitive. I've yet to receive a new compliment in all the times that I've ever received one. And at least with, like, this is just my experience. At least with women, it comes to the, they're like, oh, my God, I love the outfit that you're giving me today. And they'll actually give you a full-on compliment, whereas men will be. To quote Amanda Seal, she makes a funny joke on her stand-up routine. She's all like, men don't give compliments. They huh. make observations. Right. They. Right. They make threats. They make. Right. <laughs> I feel the same way. Men compliment so they can fuck. Bitches compliment because they feel the vibes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would say that either. Like no. sometimes, sometimes women be plotting. Like they be plotting too. You must them be the size. Women be plotting too. You will be in danger. I don't. I I think both. I'm sorry. Stop it, Doctor J. Now you gonna have my straight friends thinking I'm plotting when I be like, girl, you cute today. I mean, are you plotting? I just think uh, it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. I, I I feel like we get into problems sometimes when we, you know, we say we don't want to be, um, have such a binary thinking, right. but we still mm-hmm. sort of socialize ourselves to say men are from Mars and women are from mm-hmm. Venus. We're socialized. Yep to present that way that that might not be the way we are right. normally without all of the socialization that we you know have so you know when we think about men crying or when we think about women mm-hmm. yelling or you know me putting a shovel in the back of my car um who you murdered you know, that was a joke you can't. But, you know, we end up having these gendered ideas of who's supposed to do what. And it's hard for us to catch ourselves and think, oh, am I playing into the stereotype right now? Yep. Absolutely. I have got some um, hats for the winter weather that I'm going to experience that is three degrees right now and i call them eskimo hats subconsciously without even acknowledging the harm right yeah so yeah I, I agree. You. I only learned about mm-hmm. the whole problem with the word eskimo recent oh, well i don't know why we keep saying it but i only learned about the problem with the word recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, we, it's it's social the socialization is so deep we would have to invent a completely different language so, Dr. J, do you feel like that is why it is hard 
for us to have successful polyamorous relationships? I don't know about polyamory. I don't, um, that's, that's me and my old church lady. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, I have not explored polyamory. I can't speak to it. I, I, I don't abhor it or anything, but I don't know. Um, I have a couple of polyamorous friends. I identify as polyamorous, actually. That sounded like I just said I have black friends. <laughs> Your grandma polyamorous? <laughs> I get that, right? I'm not That's homophobic. Right, 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 right. I'm I'm not scared of polyamory. Um, I don't, but I will say that I don't know as much about it, so I can't speak to it. I guess what I'm inferring is that if you're socialized into one way of thinking and living, and in this case, monogamous relationships, okay, because you get away from indigenous practices of um, community, right, right, then it makes it hard to kind of go back to that, which is why I think maybe there's so much, so many struggles um, with polyamorous um, dating lifestyle, just like there is with monogamy, but there's um, there's struggles with polyamorous dating lifestyle because we're coming back to it. It's not something we've been socialized into. It's something yeah, that we're yeah. trying to bring back, so we're having yeah. to learn it all over again. Yes, it's sort of you're 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 speaking of it as like a liberatory type of lifestyle and i can see that um uh, you know going back to polygamy right and you know one wife two wives two husbands whatever i i see what you're saying i um Somebody has to lead the way if that's what I will say that somebody has to lead the way and some people have to have some uncomfortable conversations with the general population before that ah. comes back really, you know, in full force. You speak so wise. Oh, you speak so wise. Really? But in polygamous affairs, um, polyamory was never a part of ancient African tradition. Well, not polyamory, but I'm exactly. Just, I'm just speaking to poly, um, polygamy and like mm-hmm. multiple sex partners in one job. Right. Like not even just multiple right. sex partners, but multiple partners in any context. Right now, I'm speaking to sex specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's still one of those things where it's even split up because polygamy is only accepted in the regards of it being two women, like mm-hmm. on a social or other yep. for everyday people outside yes. of porn. Yes. <clears throat> And it didn't used to be that way, Adam. It didn't used to be that way. So according to Ife tradition, and the only reason why I'm so on that is because one day I did decide that I needed to learn what my ancestors were worshiping before they jumped that ship and they came to America. Okay? Right, right. So their Risa tradition, I am reading up on. And it is in their chants, in their prayers, in their readings, that they now transcribe from oral tradition that the creator, Olodumare, um, I can't even say his name. I'm not even gonna lie. Olodumare, 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 
Olodumare, the yeah. creator, said that only man will have multiple and not woman. Period. And that is an ancient tradition? Yep. That's the Yoruba tradition and, and culture. That sounds like something written by men, though. Right! Because y'all, can I share with y'all? Please. Uh, Right. Just so they can keep it. Right. 
They go in, they plunder, they, you know, steal, they do whatever they need to do. And then they start writing the rules and regulations so they can keep what they already stole. We're going to talk about that. We, you got to have Cammy. You need to do another one on religion and spirituality of to. the black experience because this is deep. <laughs> who is really upstairs and who is really below? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's deep. I usually center blackness in all of my episodes, but this one specifically, I wanted to make everything black centric. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to have like very like I typically have black people, but I can draw from like Latinx cultures and maybe if they've grown up Catholic and whatnot. That's what I would do within different um Santeria. That's an African thing too. Yes, yep. that has been passed down to the Cuban and Latinx. Yep. 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 Mixed and with Catholicism. Catholic, yep. That's Ooh. cool. I'm going to have yep. to do another episode on that, but we got a little off track. We got to finish answering a few more of these questions. Right. And that's just that reminded me of that. It's yeah, okay. It's okay. Don't be sorry. We're having a good old conversation. I mean, because we do have several black Christians that are like really discriminating against queer people mm -hmm. because of what they think they, you know, have been socialized to believe about the religion. And they don't know e that much about the religion that they claim to worship. Right. Why question what you've been taught or what you, what's been working for you, quote unquote? Because my grandma said. Right. Okay, exactly yep. that. Yeah. Over there. My former pastor was one of them. But while we're discussing spirituality instead of, because uh, we're going to lead a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're going to discuss spirituality for a little bit because that's what this next question ties into. It, someone asked, what are your affirmations right now? Ooh. 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 Now, I don't know exactly why it's hard to ask it this episode, but it's a good question. So. I have my affirmation. Oh, go ahead. My creator has given me gifts that I am to share with this world. That is my purpose. Mm. And I must leave the world with more than which I inherited. That is my affirmation. I am worthy of those gifts. Mm. I'm deserving of those gifts. Mm -hmm. And I have those gifts. And those mm. gifts are to serve others mm -hmm. and my community. Mm -hmm. All right. You can work that out. You already had that. That's beautiful. I I say I have only recently learned the beauty of and the necessity of um, affirmations specifically because it's one thing to manifest; it's a whole different thing to affirm. Because usually, affirming means you're building yourself up, and that's mm -hmm. not really been something I've ever focused on. And I'll be honest, like not not that I okay. Let me clean that up because I see fat. For y'all listening, y'all don't see the face cast giving me, but it's a very, very confused thing. I'm not saying I put myself down. I don't see myself in like a lowered vision in the first place. So for me right now, it's less feeling the need to try and affirm myself. Though there are things I could clearly work on. Um, it's more just trying to get mobility in my life. So it's to say I don't necessarily have affirmations, but I'm learning to now and it started also pretty recently because I'm a drag me later. Just listen to what I'm saying first. It was a TikTok that actually helped me get into affirmation because someone was 
making a joke, but also bringing out a point that there are lyrics out right now that are literally affirmations because um, I think her name is Young Baby Tate came out with this song and the main the main uh, hook of the song is I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am rich, I am that bitch. Yeah, it's so simple, but it's something that you can constantly repeat to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. J, do you have any affirmations you're going on right now? I am enough. Oof. Oh, yes. Can we speak to that? I think that growing up, and and, and I constantly still fight it. There are, you know, the people or, or people in power who would want me to be what they want me to be. They would want me to be quieter. Mm-hmm. That would want me to be, you know, not so southern all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they would How are you going to be not southern? That was you born in No, it's just who I am. But this this goes along with that idea that you got to prove to somebody that they are not, you know, enough so that you can justify either not paying them enough or not listening to them when they speak or not honoring their presence or defiling them in any old kind of way or disrespecting them in any kind of way. And I'm enough just like I am. I don't have to do any kind of performance ritual for you to um, treat me like I'm a human being. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm enough just as I am. If I walk in the room, Half naked and screaming. That's still, <laughs> I'm enough. Amen to that. And everything else is on you, not on me. Right. Amen. Yeah. I'm enough just as I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's real shit. That's yeah. what I'm, that's what, you know, and, and that's, that doesn't, that's an, an affirmation that I actually got from several other people who have gotten to know me and have been trying to help So that me. within you? Right. Right. That comes from surrounding myself by with people that actually love me, um, and chasing away the people who didn't. All right. We got two more questions. Let me go ahead and look at it because some of these questions are redundant, and some of them sort of just feel trivial. But I guess, well, maybe we'll do three because I can do one of these trivial questions. Um. The question that's next here is, do you feel inclined to romance as a, a femme? Mm. Do I feel inclined to romance? Mm-hmm. In what way? Um, I'm not what sure exactly how... Or... I'm not sure exactly how they're asking, so it's one of those things where you got free reign to take the question how how it's fitting for you. Because the way I'm thinking... Okay. I am a romantic. The way I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm like... Are you asking because I'm femme, am I like automatically thinking romantically or like what do you mean and am I inclined to romance? That's not something that I, that's not automatic for me. Right. right. Yep, yep, yep. That's not automatic for me. I'm, In my I, generation, it, 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 it fucking must be because that's what they expect. Well, they say that, you know, but when it comes to putting it into practice, right. I would recognize that my partner is much more romantic. I don't even think that way. I don't remember <laughs> birthdays. I don't. Oh, she's so silly. You know, I, 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 
Yeah, I'm bad. I'm I'm bad. I'm always thinking of the practical and keep just coming from my experience, keeping myself safe. Amen to that. I was gonna say, I'm like, I don't I mean, I do love romance and the idea of love and I like I have my own much room, I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. ah, that's the dream of a future with a family and a white picket fence. Sometimes I have my days. Like, I feel like everyone at some point has a moment where they're looking at those people. But my general stance of mind is, I got bills tomorrow. Right. How am I going to get these paid? Thank you. <laughs> I don't, don't want to sound like a gold digger. I don't want to sound materialistic. I don't want to sound any of those things. The first thing that comes to mind for me is, how am I going to eat in the morning? You know what's so crazy though, y'all? I will sit up there and do those sacrifices for a man, but not for a feminine woman. Oh? I'll do it for an androgynous woman. I'll do it. What sacrifices are you talking about? Holding down the fort. Oh. So do you feel like you naturally assume the feminine role, so to say? And to hold down either an androgynous or more masculine woman, but you feel like there's a conflict with a femme? So, yes, I love the feminine role that society has handed down uh, from indigenous cultures to European cultures where I need to be courted and taken care of. Mm. With that being said, if my man, my masculine man, or my androgynous woman mm-hmm. is not able to provide and protect mm-hmm. and I love them so much I will step in and do so but not for a femme wow. and my homegirls get they make me so sick when they <laughs> think that they could freaking exercise their bi curiosity on me oh no oh, no honey I'm not opening up your door but, yeah. I, but ain't that crazy, though, how I'm willing to do that, though, for an androgynous woman. You get what I'm trying to, you get where I'm going at? Mm-hmm. Or a man, a masculine man, right? Where the fuck am I fucked up at in my head? Well, we all have something. Ain't right? that crazy? We all have something, some kind of, you know, way of thinking about it and trying to draw those boundaries. Right? I'm willing to abuse in that superior way. Yes. Towards another woman in that sense. Yes. But don't like it when it's done to me. Hurt mm. people hurt people. For real. And you got to sit and think about yourself and really do self-reflection to understand that we all fucked up. We all fucked up. That's why when people talk about, oh, we need black unity, we need, but how, how you going to do that? <laughs> how exactly do you intend to unify when you can't get black people to unify all together? Do you know how hard it is to plan a cookout? Mm. Now imagine trying to plan an actual revolution. Yes. Because yes. I'm yes. talking about your mac and cheese. <laughs> Somebody's throwing shots about the mac and cheese. Somebody want to know who made the potato salad. Somebody's making yep. jokes about the dancing on the dance this. floor. I don't eat fried. So I used to have somebody say to me, I don't eat fried chicken from anybody who's under the age of 40. Ooh. Like, girl, you going to starve. <laughs> Look, they don't want no place from Carter Scholars. I don't eat fried chicken from nobody. <laughs> so, Miss Hattie got to make your fried chicken. Miss hmm. <laughs> Irma Jean, Miss Hattie. I hope she remembered to turn the fire off. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, we got all of our little issues, right? We, 
But those issues come from an honest place. Right. We are such an abused and used group of people. Mm -hmm. That's that's actually what it means to be yeah. oppressed. Yeah. We got issues. Do you feel like servitude's ingrained in us? Yes. Especially How as a black family? Lisa talk about all the time at a church, mammy, just like you. Y'all both yeah. reference the mammy. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do they not be? And I, and I, look, I accept that mammy role. Look at, look at how I'm dressed right now, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I go into classrooms, and what am I doing? I'm halfway playing y'all's mama half the time. But right? what you're wearing right now isn't giving me mammy. What you're wearing right now is giving me, like, black female role model. I was going to say Claire Huxtable. Yes, that's the black female role model. You're doing it. Education, black educated queen. She's giving me, I got to go to my nine to five in the right. morning. Show the right. white men how I do my thing. Don't play, because we got this. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I do, that is the, the role that I struggle with quite often. Um, you know, my, my shape, my skin color, my, you know, I used to smile so much, right? And always, hey. But you do smile. At least that's my well. I still do, but I also will cuss you out in a second. So it's a mixture. You I know, love but I, that's something I have to contend with. I think that we all have to contend with the ways that we buy into mm -hmm. the stereotypes that people have. Yep, yep, yep. For us, yep. you know. Mm -hmm. And I hate that you are so representative of your stereotype, which is a black strong woman, because you are Dr. J. And I'm so grateful for you being in our presence. Mm -hmm. Oh, that actually, that helps. You with... are the epitome of black femininity, identity, sexuality. You have a son. You've overcome, you know, that freaking terrorist torment. <laughs> right? I also cry a lot. Don't mm -hmm. you know? Strong black women cry a whole lot. Absolutely. And he hugs too. Somebody just yeah. asked a good question that I was actually gonna ask next. Um, because this is the final like question yeah. question. The rest of them sort of were like not trivial, but like questions that kind of get answered by everyone on social media. Um, yeah. do you feel like the black woman has become more of a figure than an actual person nowadays? Mm. Mm. I don't know if I have an answer for that because I want to say black women still retain their humanity. But at this point, within the black community, I like to think black women are ethereal. Outside of the black community, looking at that from the world's gaze, I want to say it's, I don't even know what to call it. We're shit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Because okay. <laughs> why, would, why would you want to be shit? That's what I, I don't want to be shit. I'm just saying what would they call us. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they want to be us so bad. Why would you want to be shit? That's the fucking... Oh, so I don't know what to call it. I wouldn't say we're a... Ira irony. We're a paradox. Yes. We're a paradox. Yes. We're a paradox. Yes. Allostatic load. English. Okay. English. I don't speak whatever language that was. You stop playing. That's your word. I learned that from you, Cammy. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't speak Harry Potter. You teach me, bro. <laughs> we carry the allostatic load being black. Stress. The burden. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
our mental health is fucked because we're born black. That's mm-hmm. the allostatic load. Mm-hmm. I feel like black birth starts out in trauma. That's that's it. That's it. And it's scientifically based to appeal yeah. to them motherfuckers since everything needs to be written out. Because <laughs> mm. black yeah, women... That cut, baby. <laughs> I know. Stop, Dr. J. Like, this ain't videotape. Stop playing. <laughs> She got her some truth juice. That's what it is. I was telling Rain, that's why I'm going North Dakota. Y'all, look, I'm too angry out here. You want my shovel? Look, look, look. It got ammunition. Oh my God. Is it automatic? Oh my God. You know what? Let me get to this last damn question. Um. What was? Let me look at this damn phone. You forgot your question. Look at what we did to a kid. Mess. Both of you. I don't know. It must have been that hair and that tight dress she and Cammy got on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um. Uh. Uh. That black femininity coming out tonight. Look at those hips. They don't lie. Excuse me, I'm built like a square. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a square right now. No, mentirosa, negra rosa. I'm a square right now. I'm built like a Roblox character. What's your question? That's what it was. There we go. The question was, do you ever feel there are things you can't do as a black woman? Now, I don't know if... Yeah, I can't be a whore. How about that? Well, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if it's speaking to capability in terms of like... Black women can't achieve right. certain things, or I don't know if this is speaking to behavior. I can't be a regarded whore. I, 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 I'm sorry. I've already done that. I don't understand why you say we can't do that. I, I did that. I mean, but, I, but, I don't know if, we, well, I guess it just matters how we're presented. I don't know exactly. if you can be a, res- I don't know if you can respected. be a respected whore. Right. Because when I say this, right. not lightly, I'm considering this, considering all that Lil' Kim did with her sexuality mm-hmm. for the music community. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was that sexual, if she would have been regarded as a scientist, if she would have been regarded as uh, a theorist, a race scholar, any of these other things. Mathematicians, even an architect. She was an object. She wasn't Betsy Dawson. So if I go get my, pe- if I go get my PhD... Am I going to be regarded in her sense? What do I have to do to get that kind of capital, to get that kind of accolade? So, yeah, I do think it's a price to be in a black queer woman in America. What would you say the price is, though? If you could monetize, or not monetize it, but like put a label on it. How much does being a black queer woman cost? For some people. For some people. Because some people can do that. Exactly. Yeah. And they pay the price in right. other ways. I think I have more of a liberty uh liberty. Wow. I have not been drinking truth serum. I wanna be clear, people. <laughs> I just can't talk. There's a difference. <laughs> um I think I have the liberty to be a like sexual being at least like remotely as a black fin and presenting individual because I'm going into, again, it's circling back to what I was just saying. I'm, I'm going into entertainment. So I feel like because yeah. I'm sort of processing myself as my own product, as my own brand, as an entity, even yeah. if that's sexual, it's still something marketable. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. mm-hmm. 
within academic spaces or um, studious spaces, you can't be a whore, I think, because or even political spaces because... Mm, I would challenge that notion. We know plenty of hoes on campus right now. That's... <laughs> that's... Mm-mm. I would I, challenge that notion. Uh, pro- and, and I say that in the positive sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Like people who are really into their se- sexuality right. are right. proud of it and dare you to challenge it. And, and they're black? Successful. Mm-hmm. We ain't got many black people, period. Right. right. Oh, I, did, um, I have to correct my stats because I said there are only about 12 faculty. I found out recently, apparently in COVID, we didn't got up to, I think it was, if I counted right, 37 black faculty what? and staff now. What? Not within, not within teaching. Don't get your hopes oh. There's still not that many in academia, but we've got black faculty. That's crazy, no, though. Faculty is a teacher. Oh, excuse me, staff. We got black staff Thank then. You. That's I'm sorry. crazy, though. I counted, we had 45 uh, faculty and staff. Oh, we're up to 45 now? Okay, wait a second. Where was those job openings? I didn't see none of them job openings. No, I, no. I, I, I got the list for you. I've what? never seen these people is my thing. Thank you. Kim, I ain't never seen the bodies? people. I ain't never seen the openings. Yeah. I was and on I campus when campus was at 45 black faculty and staff. The problem was that only 10 of those were faculty members. Right. And only of those, only three of those were tenured. There you go. So you're talking about students. They hired a bunch of students. Talking about ASCs. Exactly. Talking about student affairs workers. You talking about? That's gotta be what it is. I'm like, I ain't never seen these black bodies. And if we come students and staff now, an ASC. Think about the job of an ASC. Her job ain't to be all out front and center for you. Very true. Right. Yeah. Right. Think about, uh, you know, we That's used to right. have, you know, a financial aid worker, right? Right. right. But he moved to something else. But summertime's a, a facilities worker. Right. Right. We had two facilities workers in my class before. Right. But their job was not to be front and center. Their job was to be a facilities worker. But they're students, and that's an issue because that's we have so many black students that graduate from Chico State and who leave. remain in the area, and they are not hiring them, utilizing them, and their economic success, their mm-hmm. advancement in their academic career, building them up, and they're going yeah. elsewhere because they don't care about us. They don't invest in us here. I wouldn't. I would not want to stay here without a PhD. Right. I, that's what I was about to say. As a student like myself, I came up here solely for what Chico could offer me. I have no intentions or ties to right. Chico. I have my friends, but get and then go on. Exactly. And that's what I try to tell people, it, but I recognize. I don't understand that. I like. I said. I, I have to recognize that there are certain experiences that I can't speak to. Right. You know, there may be reasons for people to come back to Chico after they've been down in LA or San Diego or wherever. I'm planning on it. Huh? I'm planning on it. That's what you do. You leave and you back to Chico. Exactly. I don't think I'm with more capital. I mean, you know people here. Yep. Network and capital. But yep. that's, that also, I guess, begs the question for me to ask personally, do you feel like this city is uh, one of those settle down cities where you can't actually live your life? You got to come back now after you've built your life and they're like, okay, 
I'm gonna live here now because I got something for myself. It depends and, on where the moon was, where the moon and sun was when you was born. Okay, in my case, individual question. Uh, Dr. P used to, y'all remember Dr. P, rest in, in peace. Mm-hmm. Dr. Um, Dr. P, Dr. P used to say it's two reasons black folk come to Chico. Mm-hmm. What is it? They either running for something uh-huh. or they need to be left alone. There you go. Absolutely. Dr. Patterson passed away. Oh, baby, you didn't know? Yeah. I did not know. Yeah, he passed away. I'm sorry. Yeah, he passed away. He had heart. heart what month? Heart. Uh, in February. So before COVID, or this year in February. This year. Also oh, recently. Year. Wow. Oh my God. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Rest in peace. I am okay, but it's gonna be a lot. Yeah. We'll handle that off of air. Mm-hmm. That, that was a beautiful man. He was very, very supportive. Exactly. And that's why I'm so glad to I'm receiving this information in such a shock because like you, he had been such a pillar for the black students here. He was that support system. Right. I didn't have a lot of interaction with him, but I got the luxury. Right. He would not give up on black students. So now he is our agoon, our ancestor. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Yes, he is. Ashe. I got the luxury of meeting him and actually him living up to the what's the word the image that everyone put him up to mm-hmm. that was yeah. that was my privilege i got like because i didn't actually get to like meet him meet him but right. it was one of things where people would always speak of him so or speak of him highly and put him in such high regard and then getting to meet him and actually seeing him as this mm. black individual was actually pretty i don't know i, I don't want to i mean i guess i can I can memorialize him, slightly idolize him, because... I do, and I never even met him. He deserves it. So just because of what I knew about him... Right, he was a figure. What I heard from the students, from the faculty, I idolize him. And Mm -hmm. can honor him and his passing. Absolutely. So, Cammy, that's real what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, because of what he did for the people that he did touch. Right, what he did for us. Yep. You know, I can't I can't put into words, you know, the way I met y'all was through Freedom School. Dr. P was over there planning with me. Wow. Dr. P meet with me every Wednesday at that coffee shop in the outs on the outside of that coffee shop and talk to me about what I was seeing on campus and then talk about what he and CC and you know people were experiencing when he was back working at Chico State. And he would tell me about the arguments that him and CeCe would have over uh, men of distinction, I think was the name of the group of black men that was around at the time. And they would talk to me, he would talk to me about, you know, all kinds of things, women of excellence, Mm -hmm. right? That was going on. I mean, he had that history, but he would tell me, you know, the issues that he had or the issues that were going on in the black community and what he saw. And then he would like compare that to black psychologists worldwide or, you know, any kind of thing. So a lot of what you get from me was what I got from him. Mm. That's how you know you had a good mentor, a good teacher in your life, person of wisdom. 
good yep. influences. Yep. He was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was funny. He was That's just, beautiful. you know, straight pimping mm-hmm. sometimes, right? <laughs> You're not wrong. We can't commiserate him properly right right now because of the episode, but we can try and commis- um I think commiserate is the right word. I'm not thinking right right now. I'm pouring out a Com- drink for you, Dr. P. We can commemorate. Yeah. There we go. We can yeah. commemorate him with music. Let's go ahead yeah. and start plugging some new roots. Pour libation for him. Yes. You know, he's, he's our, you're right. He's our ancestor now. Indeed. However, I don't, I don't know. We're supposed to be talking about black femininity, but I'm thinking this is an aspect of us. This is a solid song. It's written by a black femme, but it's more so about the black experience. I was going to write um, Very Black, but I think her name is Jamila Woods. Yes. Oh. Jamila Woods and No Name. Mm-hmm. You didn't even ask me about my five songs. I what you thought we was doing, ma'am? We're doing it right now. We're going round and round. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I didn't have... Y'all, this woman's about to beat me up. She said, I didn't do all this work and you ain't gonna call me for my songs. <laughs> you know what's crazy though? I got Dr. J's songs from a Juneteenth um, event that she orchestrated and led through the church from a years ago. Still got them songs saved. We were talking about why white folks don't know uh, that much about, yeah, black spirituals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. What's your but number no, one I song? I get songs that will, and none of my songs are gospel. They are all. That's okay. Well, maybe we need to have you lead us in one then before we go tonight. Uh-oh. I don't know how to lead you in a song. I ain't going to sing for y'all tonight. No, no. I support that because my throat ain't here either. Mm-mm. No, no, no. no Not no, tonight. No. Ashe. <laughs> okay. I could just say what they are, but I'm not gonna, you know. I We're not gonna be singing tonight, not tonight. We're gonna be singing tonight. Then nobody signed up for that. That's listening Excuse to the Excuse me, ma'am. The way I Yes, ma'am. You ain't heard my voice this entire time. I sound like somebody's chain smoking grandmammy. I sound like somebody's chain smoke twelve Ooh. packs. What's I smoke twelve plus? packs today, apparently. Some of us are just blessed to be composers. I conduct. I'll be the best choir director you ever met. I got the arms for it right here. <laughs> Come on, tell us. Okay, look, I didn't start this. It was her fault. It was her fault. And I can't carry it too, so let me stop. Oh, 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 you ain't gonna sing? I do sing. I just can't sing according to my granny. <laughs> Look, granny didn't bless me with that gift, but I sang. You like to sing, ain't everybody give, baby. Uh, <laughs> I can carry a tune. I have sat next to her before. She can carry a tune. She can. She does quite well. She just don't want to say nothing about it. She can. Oh, my Jesus. Lord have mercy. Before we lose focus, we got to reel it back in, ladies. Read it back in. Black history. Okay. Dr. J, what is your number one song on your list for this week? Oh, really? You really are going to ask my songs? Yes, ma'am. We're going to go over the songs one by one. 
My first one is Four Women. It was originally by Nina Simone. Mm. But the the arrangement that I love was um, played, I think, at the BET Awards, like year, maybe six or seven years ago. It was Ladisi, Jill Scott, um, Ambrosia, and Kelly Price. I know who you're talking and about. I, I find that video specifically. Yes, I'll, find that one on YouTube. It is you'll play it over and over again. I just want to say for the it, record, it's Lettucey. Oh, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. I don't know. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, of Let course, us. girls, we won the world. Yeah, everybody got to have a Beyonce song. Yes. Um, girls, and then um, Lakeely Forty Seven. Mm-hmm. Lakeely Forty Seven. Yep. Okay, girl gang. Oh, okay. Mm. Hold on, what you know about Miss LaCat? Okay, um, Dr. I'm J. I'm branching out, I'm branching out, so. Yes. Yes. Dr. J, you didn't got new friends, because we're going to have to have a conversation. Ain't no new friends, okay? What are the girls you hanging out with? Dr. Johnson <laughs> cheating on us. <laughs> <laughs> I got me a little sunshine. <laughs> been exposed a little bit. Just a little bit. That song that says who you calling a bitch. You and I T Y. You and I T Y. Yes. And then Billy Holiday, God bless the child. Okay. Okay. That's that's my five. Billy Holiday is a classic. So I mean you been everywhere with that. Okay. You know what? Who told you to make this difficult on me, okay? I gotta try extra hard because I'm the music student here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, see, you know, I was bringing my age into it and all of that stuff. But I love that LaKayla at 47. She is, I mean, and, and she's a big, dark-skinned black woman who can spit. I think she's yeah. like 5'3". So I wouldn't say big. <laughs> Short. She is phenomenal. I love her. Oh, you mean big um, personality-wise. Yeah. I'm like, I think this woman is 5'3". I, I don't know big would be the word I would use. No, she is rotund. She is beautiful. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I am so into that. That's ha- beautiful. Do you have a song for us? Um, yes, I do, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was introduced to this queer artist by the name of Moju, who is a woman of color. And she has a song called Native Tongue, Moju, that is so, so, so beautiful. And basically, she just speaks to her dual ethnic identity and her struggle in navigating America. How you spell it? M O J U. Uh huh. M O apostrophe J U. Yep, yep. And I was introduced to uh, Mojo a few years ago, and have mm-hmm. fell in love with Native Tongue. All right. Yes, and I think everyone will um, appreciate the lyrics of that song. Okay. It's Australian. All right. 
for my number two, I'm gonna have to go with um So They Say by Layla Hathaway, honestly. Mm. Um, speaking to black femininity, she's uh, I wanna both give accolades and like celebration to her voice because she's got beautiful lows. She also mm-hmm. does this thing called a uh, polyphonic resonance. Mm-hmm. Where she does like the split voice and harmonizes with herself. Mm-hmm. She's got those beautiful lows. She's been carrying jazz for a while. Not yes, saying she done it by herself, but with this being a very like becoming a very whitewashed genre at this point, mm-hmm. yeah. she's cemented herself as an icon within jazz. And on top of that, do you know how many Grammys this woman has? Really? Yeah. Songwriter too? Yes. Got it. Yes. Songwriters are always the best. Yes. Performers, producers, artists. Her low, her low tones. You are right though. Ooh. Her low tones just. I mean, they. You can feel that in your chest when she's singing. She got that falsetto. Yes. What That's is like, her famous song? Because I've heard her name, so she must have sang something that put her on the map. What was first it? First of all, she's Donny Hathaway's daughter. daughter. Yeah. I see she goes all the way back to the 90s, but I'm still clueless, y'all. For real? I am. It's okay. We're going to let it go. I'm sure the audience uh, knows. Always for Love is one of them. Um, okay. She got a whole bunch of recognition recently for her cover of Angel by uh, Anita Baker. Oof. Oh, she really? She... What? Yeah, she made, she, get, she made a cover of that song. It's so... It's so beautiful. Wow. And this woman wow. just be singing, and then she's still so humble too. Oh, audience, I'm gonna put myself up on game. I ain't take y'all ain't taking my black card. I'm just saying, you know, okay. I'm I'm gonna say this, and then we are gonna get back to the subject. Mm-hmm. I don't think your black card is challenged by you not knowing Layla Hathaway. It's one of those mm-hmm. things. How do I say this the right way? Cause I don't want I don't want nobody <laughs> coming after me. Cause I will it fight. We don't question the black card when it comes to Layla Hathaway specifically. It's just, do you know someone within the same range of era? Or. Okay, you know what? Y'all gonna fire me. I'm being Instagram generation for real. Because I thought y'all was talking about Azalea Banks. I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. I'm so off. Okay, yeah, I need to. Yeah, so sorry. Oh, no, no. We gonna go to number two. You um, You got a song number two for us, Kat? Oh, I'm sorry. I gave you all five of mine up front. I apologize. No, no, no. I know you was excited, and also I didn't want you to choke me out. <laughs> I'm, so I'm so sorry. Kat, what you got for number two? For number two. Mm-hmm. What y'all what what y'all what y'all feel about that? That new school, that new school R and B that just Are we talking about with femininity? In the black cultural norm world of femininity, right? Okay. Where it's so sensual and just the 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 the, the sound of the voice make you want to have ten babies. Okay. So we got a new artist out there called Vito, and the song is for you. Okay. Okay. Never heard it, but I'm gonna look. I'm gonna write it down and look it up. All right, 
You got it. You got it, girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Oh, yeah. All right. That is sort of, well, I, mean, I know what song you're talking about now. I'm like, um, it tend to be a whole trend of talk, uh, trend of TikTok. Um, it's an, it's an uplifting song, but also I feel like mm-hmm. the way it's painted, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, um, catering to black women necessarily because mm-hmm. I feel like he does in fact mean it based on what he's saying. It just feels like a limited view because like the black man that appreciates the black woman tends to see her like academically and strong and whatnot but i kind of want i've gotten to the space where i want black women to stop having to be strong it's one dimensional so i will say that i'm privileged to be able to receive who he's speaking to it is very one dimensional it's the old school r&b black man speaking to that woman right Mm -hmm. he's building her up but also it's still it's been done before right Mm -hmm. and he ain't building them all up just one particular which ain't okay I get you. But you know what song does build up black women? All of them. I was going to say Shea Butter Baby by our, our, our Linux. Um, it speaks to sexuality as well as um, the natural state of blackness because the song in and of itself, Shea Butter Baby, was not talking about... Um, well, it talks to her sexual prowess and whatnot, but specifically the hook of the song that everyone loves is talking about her natural hair messing up pillow sheets. Mm. Because Shea Butter is very, very abusive to sheets and um, pillowcases and everything. Like coconut oil. FYI, use something water-based. Just saying. Oh, Shane. Okay. I only use what my my, my stylist tells me to use, but okay. I'm talking about for other reasons. Oh, Oh, goodness. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I didn't understand that you were going there. We talking about femininity. It's a part of it. Coconut oil is great. Coconut oil is great. It just don't work well with other things. You're right. So you use it by water itself. base. Right. But by itself, it does wonders. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for number three. Look, I'm speaking into existence. Five years from now, I will have my PhD in sexology. <laughs> shared this song before i'm gonna share it again this is a she's speaking about her experience personally but i feel like it's a understandable experience because she's talking about all the different things you're not allowed to do until summoned or until desired from people Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. got to have permission Mm -hmm. exactly right right so we're gonna get rid of that we're gonna enjoy this song and as she says, um, I'm letting my freedom ring. Alright. I mean, also, so it plays into Black History Month. I didn't even think about that, but it do. It do, because I'm not finna I've quote MLK, but you can go there if you want to. <laughs> Can't you got something for number three? For number three. Number mm-hmm. three. Number three. Y'all all know I love, love, love my Afro pop. Because if we are worried about the all-feminine feeling very sexy, just listen to him speak, man. We got Fine Wine and Hennessy by Afro Wave 
three. Two by two, one by one, yes. <laughs> Let's have some fun and wind. <clears throat> Was this supposed to be a feminist list? A black feminist list? Well, it, not necessarily black feminist, but black, speaking to the topics of black femininity and sexuality. And so if it, inspi oh. if it inspires sexuality, if it inspires you to feel oh. feminine, if it speaks to the feminine experience, there's a lot of freedom with this. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Because okay, some okay. people look at that as this, as harmful towards the black woman experience, right? Right. What? As helpful or harmful? Harmful. Harmful. Sexualizing um. us. But sometimes I find empowerment in it. <clears throat> yes, I'm crazy no, no, that way. Yeah, that's a thin line. I, you know, mm -hmm. that's a thin line. It, what is, you know, sexualization versus just sexy? Right? Yep. Um, now I am going to take song number four and sort of critique us though while we're on the topic of not just sexuality but just like sex and relationships too pertaining to black women. I want to say um, Stupid Girls by Jasmine Sullivan. Mmm. Yes. The main yes. chorus of that song says boys have toys too. They call us stupid girls. Mmm. Mmm. -hmm. Yep. Mmm. -hmm. Yep. And then... She goes on to say in the next line, um, when you love them like I do, you'll be a fool. They call us stupid girls. You don't want to be a fool for love because we've seen this play out too many times. We're supposed to be learning from, and I'm going to say this, and you, burn me at the stake if you must. We're supposed to learn from grandmama who went back and stayed for love for whatever reason, putting up with the abuse and traumas and whatnot. We, mm. We're supposed to learn from mama and grandmama and sister and auntie and them so that we can do better going forward. Yeah. Or we learn how to be strong and to get through. Well, we're already Anything strong. and everything, because sometimes that's also what we witness too. Not them fighting back, but them having the endurance to get through. True. Yes. But would you Honestly, <clears throat> both of those can be correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But would you rather, okay, using Angela, Angela Bassett's would you rather be Tina in the back of that limo? Or, uh, what's, I can't think of her name right now. When she blew up the car and, uh, waiting to exhale. Oh, you already know. Which one would you rather be? I'm burning up all your shit, nigga. <laughs> yeah, can't go and burn it down. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not staying for love and then getting my breaking point and fighting in the back of a limo. I'm burning, I'm burning stuff down. Yeah, when it comes to relationships. I don't know, y'all. Everybody's just so different. You're right. Everybody's just so different. They make different choices because they're different people. Some people are really going to stay with, with, you know, a partner because they need that stability. That is safety for them. And, you know, we can be looking in that relationship and be like, oh, she's so stupid. Why she stay with that nigga? But... You know, I I can't tell you who to be with. Um, I can hold your hand or I can decide that I can't sit here with you and watch you and I have to leave. Um, you know, I can tell you how I feel because if I'm your, your friend, then that's my duty to tell you how I feel so we know how to work that, you know, our stuff out. Mm -hmm. But I can't... I. I can't, I can't tell a woman 
who to be with, who not to be with, because I don't want her telling me. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay, mm-hmm. I see and respect that. Cat, mm-hmm. what you got for me for number four? Ooh, so, eBay, they're twin sisters. You got twin to sisters from the Afro Cuban Yoruban tradition. Okay. Yes. Come on, Afro Latinx. Yes, and Ibeyi means twins. It literally translates to tr- twins in Yoruba. The first song I heard from them and sticks with me is called Oya. They sing that song so beautifully. It really calls on the ancestor. Ibeyi, I be. Knowledge of uh, indigenous music and Latinx, Black Latinx music. I love Kat's knowledge of that. She just always opens me up with that. That's beautiful. And I've learned of this group by way of Emmanuel, who is here in Chico. Emmanuel Saint. Absolutely. One of our leaders of the community. All right. <clears throat> All right. I wrote it down. You got it? You got a pencil down? I got it. Typed in. Next, I'm, I'm learning here. Teach the teacher, please. For me, um, I don't know if she's black, but this is a mindset I like. I'd like a lot of us to carry, and this is again my own personal opinion. So, as you were saying, you can't really tell people, but I can suggest um, yes, the song. Right, it's the song Seven A.M. by. I think her name's Raven, but she spells it um, Raheven. Mmm, that sounds so familiar. Let's see. Um, basically, she's allowed herself to this space where she's gotten comfortable within herself enough to not, like, maybe it's just a stage in life I am. It's a whole thing. I even have been working on different writings. Um, the last thing I was working on is called... Um, Bad bitches don't backslide. Um, it's a matter of just not going. Like I don't care about your whole fear of like getting your body count up. Like I understand there's a valid reason not to want to like sleep with new people or whatnot, but it's not worth getting back into bed with somebody you know is not worth the trauma or something because there's a reason you left, mm-hmm. uh, or there's a reason mm-hmm. it's over. Mm-hmm. So we don't backslide. We're not going mm-hmm. back to try and like we're not finding justifications. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Yep. Cat for you. I agree. And I am learning that and embodying that. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is what we are here to do. Please let the other person know you have forgiven them when you are betrayed. But know mm-hmm. you're worth enough to know that you can't go back as easily the yeah. same way because you've been betrayed. The yeah. trust is gone. I love it. Okay, for number five. Number mm-hmm. five, sibling. Let's speak it into existence. Ooh. How about? Give it to me. How about? Hold on, hold on. Let me let me get my uh, let me get my rag. Like, I'll got my church towel. Preach, preacher. But wait though. But wait though. Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Oh, Jerusalem. Off her live album. In the oh. studio. Miss Lauren Hill be eating it up every time. On the acoustic guitar. 
Yes. 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 I'm not even gonna lie to you. A lot of people like a lot of people love Michael Bublé's version of Feeling Good, and it's cute. But the only person I've ever known to do that song justice since uh-huh. Nina Simone sang it was Lauryn Hill. There you go. Yeah, feeling good. Um, I think it's also because, like, this is me speculating, but I think it was a matter of all the different things she went through in her life and when she decided to come back and do that song. Not to say yeah. she didn't have the range before, but it's, I feel like it's a song you've got to actually feel. I got to learn that part of her yeah. story because I just got introduced to Young, Gifted, and Black. Mm-hmm. Oh. Black Lives Matter, Sacramento. Yep. 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 You just got introduced to it? That was the first time I've ever heard it was from them. Freedom School. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did that. That Freedom School, they did that. They did that. That that was, yeah. yeah. I remember, um, let's see. I was introduced to, oh, I can't remember the African. Um, oh, so much, so much music from... Let's see, Ghana and Ivory Coast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. P Square. Yep. At a Freedom School. Just things I didn't really know about. Just things I did not really know about. That's beautiful. I love our Freedom Schools. I do. I do. We got one more thing before we go, ladies. You ready? Yes. Yep. We're gonna turn a new leaf. Who wants to start with this? piece of advice that we want to give to women as or not just women but fems in general um a piece of advice we want to give to femininity about femininity about navigating it something you wish you could tell yourself in the past maybe even mm. 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 With, with this wisdom we impart upon you we hope you succeed i have something okay I can only speak to what I think is going to work for me and what I've been told has worked for our ancestors and that is our spirituality. Without it, we have nothing. We have no worth. We don't acknowledge the power and purpose of our womb and how we should be treated and respected and valued. And so that is what I hope to start instilling in young women that I come across is recognizing that you are somebody. And we came from a long line of people that made shit happen. I am curious to ask because you you mentioned it earlier and I just want to clarify it for the listeners. When you say um, the power of the womb, are you speaking to your womb literally or like womanness? Or- I'm still trying to understand because mm-hmm. I'm femme. Mm-hmm. So I will say that there's a bit of bias, conscious bias, when I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to understand what the Yoruba tradition, um, religion and culture meant by acknowledging the power of the womb in those who were intersex. Mm-hmm. Because I understand that they also recognize non-binary. Right. And what that meant to them. So having to understand that and translate it into what we know as it today mm-hmm. and bridge the two, I'm not there yet. Right. But I do read from leaders of the Yoruba faith in the books that I've touched 
And um, there, uh, there is from their mouth in writing, there is no discrimination, hate towards the queer community. However, we all know what we feel and we all know what we go through, period. There shouldn't be. Right. But I will say that I inherited two statues from my auntie Omatade, mm -hmm. Iya Omatade, mother Omatade, crown of the child, mm. who, like I was telling um, Dr. J, one of them was a woman, mm. our average woman of African tradition that we're, not, we're used to seeing, voluptuous woman, big lips, full lips, broad nose, voluptuous boobs, ass, however, bosom, mm -hmm. the male statue that was next to her, who I've only had in my possession since Saturday, right. I realize it's intersex. Two heads, mm -hmm. breast, mm -hmm. and a penis protruding okay. from him. Okay. And I want to learn more about his purpose and what that meant to my aunt, what that meant for Yoruba tradition and mm -hmm. religion, and what that meant with him standing next to the woman in ivory. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we all, it, it came from somewhere. It had to. It's, nothing just falls off the sky. Right. Right. Everything. We're not weird. weird. Right. It's not weird at all. We're not different. Well, different's not bad. That's true. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can, we can be different, but it's not weird. Right. It's not weird at all. Right. Thank you. And you know what? That's my thing is to embrace my weirdness. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's okay to be quirky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out other words for it or whatever, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I recognize that I'm, I am different. Mm -hmm. Um, and don't have to be like everybody. I can be the only me there is in a seat. You know, we were just talking about 45 black faculty and staff. I'm the only one like me. You're the only one that will ever be you. And I don't have to feel insecure because I'm not like other people mm -hmm. um what i'm trying to constantly recognize is you know what whatever is going on whatever my psychoses are my traumas my whatever right um all of that is beautiful because it's all a part of me mm -hmm. my anger um you know is beautiful my anger will fuck you up. Mm -hmm. And that's Your anger not gets shit done. Right. It will get shit right. done. My anger yes. will inspire my yes. intellect. Mm -hmm. I mean, catch me at five o'clock in the morning after I have gone to bed angry. Right. I will wake up cussing you out with the biggest five syllable words you've ever heard in your and that's not anything to to chase away. Nope, share that motivation, please. But that's something that we have been socialized to not be proud of. Right. So this, you know, I'm just learning to be proud of who I am, wherever I am. And we're penalized for it too. And I, you know what? I reject that penalty. Yep. 
Yeah. I reject that penalty, particularly if that penalty comes from other black people who are trying to fit me into a mold. I reject that mold. Blackness is not a monolith. There's something that's it's, been said I mean, over and over. I'm tired of us saying it, but not believing it. Exactly. We don't give and ourselves the luxury of being. I'm saying it in defense. I don't have anything that I have to defend myself against to you. Amen. I, want I am see. enough. Right. I, you are enough. Right. Matter of fact, I'm a badass. Mm. <laughs> well, go with your bad self. Tell myself that. Amen. I want to say, and it sounds so simple, and yet it sometimes the simplest principles are the hardest things for us to grasp onto. Be your own feminine entity. Be your own woman. Be your own... Um, be your own self, not necessarily because of men, not because of family, not because of what the world has to say, but be your own femme based on who you pick and choose and what you want to cherry pick from society. And I know we're tempted to be like our friends and try and build our sisterhoods to have all the things we don't have within ourselves. But if you're trying to fortify yourself, you need to be within yourself self-sustaining, mm, not... Wow. Community is great for reinforcing it, but you need to at least make sure you have a little bit of it in you. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. So That's be true. your own femme. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Nobody gets to decide who you are but you. Amen. That's very true. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that, Kim. Well, since we... I do. Y'all some quite intelligent black women. I think I like y'all. Oh, do you like me? Mm. Well, we like our mentor. I didn't got me. I didn't got me a gold star for the day. I feel proud. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Look, let's make sure you go to bed too early. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey. You don't do much. You don't do much. I don't know if I'm gonna be sleep on time. All right, we gonna we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We gotta make sure that black excellence comes out. I can exhale and be sleepy. I can excel and be sleepy. I'm going to just be a little angry. All right, Becky. <laughs> <Hi>, Sandra. <laughs> now, since we're wrapping up here, um, Kat, um, do you have anything recent coming up you want to tell anyone about since the last time we spoke I just wanted to say happy, happy, happy celebration, everyone. This is our month. This is our only month recognized. And I just hope that everyone is truly living in their purpose, whatever that may be. Fake mm -hmm. eyelashes or not, mm -hmm. live your purpose. Because I like my lashes too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you any less a woman. doesn't make you any less black. doesn't make you any less perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where can we find you, Kat? Same socials, anything new? I am developing a new social media. Ooh. Please comment if you like Cat Chico transitioning into K-Dakota. Well, that's interesting. K-Dakota. We're going to have to hear for that one. K-Dakota, come on now. Just watch out for that black excellence coming to you. All right. <laughs> we might have to be on the lookout for K-Dakota, y'all. K-Dakota. Dr. J, where can we find you? Do you have anything coming up? 
I don't really. I, you know, if I do, I usually don't even remember it until the day and it pops up on my Google account. <laughs> Dr. J. <laughs> Is this where I give you your speech about black excellence and preparedness? You know, you can catch me in class. <laughs> catch me in the classroom. How about that? Catch me in the catch right there, that little girl talking about catch me outside. Catch me in the classroom. <laughs> 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 That's my calling. I love teaching. I love Chico State students. I love and do you learning have so that I can share new things. So that's where you can catch me. Mm-hmm. I, I, In the educational spaces, blessing the minds. Catch me with justice for Desmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the anniversary of his murder is coming up in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so catch me catch me with that catch me with it with whatever else is going on i'll be somewhere fighting fussing cussing somebody out and then sitting down to write about it i know that's right do you have any social medias you want to tell the people about no that's fine any websites anything i ain't trying to get arrested (laughs) what you say i said i ain't trying to get arrested Okay. Y'all in them shovels. Y'all in them shovels. We ain't getting arrested, y'all. Thank you. I say some outlandish things on my Facebook page. So, it's, you know, only a few folks can be allowed. So. <laughs> it's exclusive only, y'all. I'm sorry. You got to <laughs> earn that one. <laughs> Need to shovel your dance out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as always, this has been another episode of The Rose Garden. I am your host, Tabla Rosa, a.k.a. La Rosa Negra, or Black Host. If, black Host, wow. Black Rose, if you're nasty. And as always, thank you for allowing me to be myself, and I'll catch you all on the next one. Bye, y'all. Adios. <laughs>